Hey, Big Fib listeners. This month is all about back to school. Where did the summer go? Am I right? Anyway, this month we're talking chalk, math, libraries, and wordplay. So sharpen those pencils. School is in session. Two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. Isaac Aunt Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Limerick, Pennsylvania, this is the Big Fib! And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the metacognitive linguistic playfulness of truth and the manipulative, tongue-twisting, foul language of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. Play the question, listener, a God have I. What was that? Play the questioner, listener, a God have I, that said I. Oh, gosh, I think I know what the issue is here. You're on sentence reversal mode. Let me just adjust a few things. Word back, backwards. Here we are. Are we good? Uh, yes, seems so. Okay, we just need to keep an eye on some of those dials. They may need a little tightening, but I think we're good for now. Great, because uh, I've got a listener question, and I'm going to play it now. Ah, uh, that's what you said. Hi, Lisa. My name is Hazel. I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Do you play any sports? Well, Hazel, the question is, what sports don't I play? Really? You always told me that ever since you sprained a spring in the robot triathlon, you've sworn off all physical activities. Okay, uh, yeah, technically I don't currently play any sports. Oh, unless you count checkers. Is, um, is checkers a sport? Nope. Uh, how about speed reading? Also, no. Okay, well, if you're going to discount everything I do, like uh, competitive whistling... Still not a sport. <laughs> then I guess I have to tell Hazel that I used to play all the sports, and one day I may play them again, but today, currently, at this juncture, and only if you don't consider toenail clipping a sport... Ew, definitely not a sport. Fine, I don't play sports then. There, are you happy? It's absolutely fine you don't play any sports. You do many other things to stay mentally fit, which is very important. Thank you. And it's not like I've got one of those human bodies that constantly needs conditioning in order to operate efficiently. I mean, really, who needs sports? Okay, well, they can be fun as well as physically beneficial, but we don't have to talk about all of that right now. Instead, why don't you tell everyone how our game works? I feel like generating sound effects should be considered a sport. It's very physically demanding. Mm. Okay, but anyway, every week we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert, the other is oh, a liar? That's not going to work. Okay, well, it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who, because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. What are we lying about today, Deborah Goldstein? We are lying about wordplay, the playful use of words. And we're going to learn all about wordplay along with our contestant today. Who might that be, Lisa? Our human child contestant is an 11-year-old who can memorize passages from her favorite books, Reagan Wellens. Hi, Reagan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm so glad you can memorize passages from your books. 
That's crazy. How many pages can you memorize at one time? I think it was like four from a big novel. Wow. That's incredible. Are you able to recite us some of a novel currently? Can you do that now? Yes. You can? Oh my gosh. All right, go ahead. The air in the jar smelled of stale breath and tarnished metal. The only light came from the dim purple glow of a dark sword. Its Stygian iron blade set against one side of the container. Huddled next to it was a dejected-looking boy in tattered jeans, a black shirt, and an old aviator jacket. On his right hand, a silver skull ring glittered. Oh my gosh, and you could just keep going. That's not easy either. It's not like rhyming or anything like that. And I can attest, Reagan, you can let all of our listeners know you are currently not holding a book in your hands. I am not holding a book in my hands, I promise. You memorized all She's of that. She's clearly already memorized the autobiography of Lisa. Thank you for <laughs> reading from it. I think she should, but that did sound like a cool passage. What book was that? That was from The Mark of Athena. It's a Heroes of Olympus book. Wow, good one. That sounds really good. Maybe instead, I'd just like to have you memorize the whole book, and then you can read it to us from memory. Does that sound good? It would probably take about, like, four months to get it down, so. Okay. We've got time, right, Lisa? I'm immortal. Oh, right. (laughs) Good point. Okay, well, that was fascinating and super cool, but we do want to learn some more fun facts about you, Reagan, but we are going to do it playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. So, Reagan is going to tell us three things about herself. Two of those things will be true. One will be a lie. We have to figure out which is which. Reagan, in no particular order, what are your two truths and one lie? I have visited five countries in Europe. I have five cousins. And I have owned five pets. High five for the fives. Okay, what are you thinking about her two truths and a lie, Lisa? Yeah, she's this, I, uh, fives? All right, let's see. So she's visited five countries in Europe. She has five cousins, and she has had five pets. Hmm. Well, I am pretty sure that she has not visited five countries in Europe. And I'm going to tell you why. Please do. Because if you have five pets, that's a lot of pets to take care of. And you can't be traveling to Europe all the time, specifically not five countries. (laughs) Now, also, if you have five cousins, that's a lot of cousins, and you're going to want to bring them everywhere you go. (laughs) And five countries in Europe with five cousins, that's going to get very expensive. Mm. So I think the clear message here is that Reagan is at home most of the time with her cousins and her pets, and she's not going to Europe. Thank you. Goodbye. Fascinating. Okay, Reagan, which one of those things is actually a lie? I do not have five cousins. <gasps> what? What happened? I only have two cousins. Oh, oh, but it was a good lie. But that does mean that you have visited five countries in Europe. Now you've memorized all those pages of a novel. Have you also memorized which countries you visited? I went to France, Spain, England, Holland, and Belgium. Wow, those are fun. All right, I feel like we're all warmed up now talking truths and lies, and it's time to get into our topic, which is wordplay. Are you ready? Are you feeling ready, Reagan? I was born ready. Ooh, nice one. I like the attitude. All right, well, let's bring on our wordplay experts. Lisa, can you play some welcome music for our wordplay experts? Come on in. Wordplay experts, knock, knock, who's there? 
frequently the answer is a pun. Excellent. Okay, our first expert is Terrence Archer. Terrence, please introduce yourself to Reagan. Hi, Reagan. My name is Terrence Archer. I am a children's book editor. Thank you very much, Terrence. Let's meet our second expert, Lynn Hickernell. Lynn, please introduce yourself to Reagan. Hi, Reagan. I'm Lynn Hickernell, and I make a kid's podcast about words. Tell us about those automatopoeic tones, Lisa. I have no idea what you just said, but uh, it is hot seat time. (laughs) Yes, it's hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Reagan's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Lynn Hickernell will go first. I cannot uh, discuss the reasons why I have selected her to go first. Uh, oh. Please do not ask me. Okay. The lawyers have advised me not to discuss it. <laughs> okay. In any event, Lynn will be first. Reagan, what is your first question for Lynn? What do you do on a daily basis? Every day is a little bit different. There are lots of different tasks that go into the podcast. So some days I am recruiting guests and communicating with people who I'm going to be talking to on the podcast. Some days I'm writing the scripts. Some days I'm doing research on the words that I'm going to be talking about or finding the different poems or songs or things that I'm going to include in the podcast. And then other days, like today, I'm in front of a microphone recording the podcast. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Reagan. For both of the experts, what's a type of wordplay most people don't know about? One that people don't know about is called conversion. And it's one that I like to use all the time. You can take one word, and let's say it's a noun, and you can noun use it as a verb. My favorite one is this. I like to go on an adventure. Adventure's a noun, right? We would agree with that. Yes, I would. I like to go adventuring. Oh. Now... I'm a verb. Wow. Look at that. It was just like that. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I think that probably most people just through life are familiar with a lot of kinds of wordplay, but they don't necessarily know what it's called. Mm. So people know what a pun is, right? I've heard of them. Yeah. I think maybe you have, Deborah. A lot of times a pun relies on a word that sounds similar to another word. Mm -hmm. And the name for that is actually paranomasia. Mm. When a word sounds similar to the other word, and that's what a lot of puns rely on is paranomasia. Okay. Next question. This one is for Terrence. What is the best part of your job? Oh, good question. And this is sort of why I became a, especially children's book editor, is calling an author on the day that their book has been approved by the marketing and purchasing board of the company that I work for. I get to call them and say, hey, guess what? We're going to pay you money for the book you wrote, and we're going to publish it, and a lot of people are going to see it. And that's the most exciting thing I do in my day. Oh my gosh, thank you. That's so (laughs) huge. It's such an honor. And I just want to thank uh, everyone. And then for all the people who doubted me, you know what I have to say to you is... Okay, but he's not actually talking about your book, Lisa. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, Lisa, your book uh, didn't make it. Oh, dear. 
Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'm never going to do it. I hope you publish a book and I want to read it. So. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes. Agreed. Very nice. Okay. We are moving on to the next question. What might that be? This is for both of you. What's your favorite type of wordplay? Um, my favorite is homonyms. You can take one word and it has different meanings. I wanted to dish on my neighbor while I was cleaning a dish. Ooh, interesting. It's so hard to pick one thing, but I'll say that I just really enjoy consonants. Mm. It's very straightforward, but it's when a string of words all repeats the same consonant sound. So, like, the shells she shucks are delicious. You know, obviously it has the sh sound repeating, but it also has that sh sound in the middle of delicious. And it's Mm. just very satisfying to say that sentence in my mouth. The shells she shucks are delicious. I just, I'm excited for the shells. (laughs) Right? Some delicious shells. I mean, I'm Mm. not mad about it. Can you bring the shells to my house? Ooh. Check the food tube. I, I just put them in there. You don't have a food tube. Oh, you know what? You're right. I just put them in the vent. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. All right. Those were excellent questions, Reagan. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. Before we get back to the show, I just want to say how much we have loved bringing you shows like Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches or the new Earth Rangers Underground podcast, and especially the new episodes in the Six Minutes feed the ones about the Cyrus Lost Tapes. And this is when I need to say a big thank you to all our GZM subscribers. Your support makes independent audio like this possible. If you're not a GZM subscriber yet, right now is the time to join for ad-free listening, early access, and more. Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Reagan will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you'll have to answer with tongue twister speed. Okay, Reagan, let's start with Terrence. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions. Now, what is the term for a sentence using words that start with all the same letter? That's called obliteration. How many lines are in a limerick? Seven. What word rhymes with orange? I feel like it's corange. Sentences that you can't take literally like hit the road or feeling under the weather are examples of what? Those would be idioms. What is it called when a word is used two times in a sentence but with different meanings, like she held her book and her tongue? A selegma. The pun-off World Championships is named after which short story author? 
John Henry. What is a popular online word game that gives players six chances to guess a five-letter word? Wordle. What do you call a word that can mean opposite things like left, which means remaining or departing? A contrarian. What is the word that is used to describe a word that cannot be found in the dictionary? A sniglet. And that is time. Okay, listen, that's all the time. Uh, and when I say time, I mean T-H-Y-M-E, time. Very nice. Like it. I was just baking something. Really? Okay. <laughs> all right. Lisa, would you kindly reset the timer? Resetting the timer. Thank you very much. All right. Reagan, you are going to ask Lynn your shorts on fire questions now. What type of wordplay do you have if you rearrange the letters of the phrase a rag man? That's an anagram. What kind of word sounds like what it means, like pop or buzz? That's onomatopoeia. Who invented the word chortle for his book, Through the Looking Glass? Lewis Carroll. What does a simile have that a metaphor does not? The word like or as. It also has more confidence. (laughs) What do you call a word that is created by combining two words like blog or podcast? That's a portmanteau. What is the title of the book that includes a 500-word poem of palindromes? This is a book, I believe. One hen, two ducks, three squawking geese is the start of what word test? I do not know. The sentence, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things, is an example of what kind of wordplay? I I don't know. I don't know the name for that. And that is time. That's all the time. Excellent. Well done, Reagan and experts. It's decision time. Reagan must establish which experts' words don't play fair. Reagan, who is our big wordplay fibber? I think it's Lynn. (gasps) Why do you think Lynn is our fibber? Because at the beginning, at the hot seat, she was avoiding questions and a little generic. Mm. And on the shorts on fire round, Mm -hmm. she skipped a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And it took her longer took her longer. Okay, well, let's find out. Will the actual wordplay expert please say, I am the wordplay expert? I am the wordplay expert. (gasps) Yes, it's true. Lynn Hickernell produces and hosts the Good Words Podcast, a show about using words better and using better words. She is also an associate producer on the improvised fiction podcast, What If World, and writes and performs original music for kids under the name Miss Lynn. Well, let's get to the bottom of some of these things. Time to do some fact-checking. Lynn, what did Terrence tell us that had you searching for words? Oh, boy. Uh, Well, first off, there are only five lines in a limerick. Mm. There are not seven. And a word that can mean two opposite things is a contronym. Mm, Okay. Not a contrarian. That's just a person who says different things. No, it's not. (laughs) I see what you did there. Very funny. No, you didn't. <laughs> okay, very good. And Terrence, tell us how you libeled our name with lies. Oh my, I thought let's take some of the more uh, obscure questions. 
alliteration, not obliteration. Ugh. Yeah, that one I thought could skip by. <laughs> right, that's using words that start with the same letter. Mm-hmm. I know Lynn probably cringed <laughs> when I said that uh, Limerick had seven lines. Orange, who knows? Everybody could be fibbing about that one. Nobody even knows if an orange is real. Interesting. Okay. Although I have heard tell that sporange is an actual word, which uh, has something to do with plants. Oh. And uh, the Punoff World Championships is named after O. Henry, not John Henry. John Henry, if we recall, built the railroad. Oh. And just to clarify for Lynn's sake, too, one hen, two ducks, three squawking geese is the start of the NBC radio announcer test for broadcast journalists. Oh. And it's very cool to look up. Also, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things is an example of spoonerisms. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, then. Very good. Well... Here we are at the beginning of the end. Thanks to our contestant, Reagan, there are no words to describe how well she played our game. Thank you to our expert and liar, Terrence and Lynn, and many thanks to Lisa, our Mally Proppins of sound. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where lies are but sniglets. And we ask you rhetorically, what's a metaphor? The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can find out how you can become a contestant on The Big Fib, or you can send questions for me to answer on the show. You can also follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. You can also follow us to the refrigerator now to see me eat a true snack. Mmm, yum, true snacks. Brought to you by my mouth. I have tried to tell you this countless times. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. What more do I have to tell you? You can discover new episodes and other GZM shows you'll love at www.gzmshows.com. Now go to your room. It's starting. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.